Welcome back to Boys and Ghouls Film Review, folks. I'm your host, Sarah Stevenson. This is my co-host, Mike Stevenson. Hi, guys. And tonight we'll be reviewing the animated musical fantasy film called The Corpse Bride that was released in 2005. Now, this is a stop-motion animated musical fantasy film. Now, that covers a lot of genres, don't it? Yeah. Yeah, and it's done by my favorite director of all times, Tim Burton. Now, we like Tim Burton for different reasons. And we saw what, Nightmare Before Christmas. Mm-hmm. We saw the Batman movie. Mm-hmm. We saw Willy Wonka, was it? Yeah, Willy, Willy um, Wonka. Charlie and the Chocolate Char- Factory. Yeah, Charlie Factory. Yeah, and you're going, mm, this guy He's really is good. talented. He knows how to uh, tell a story mm-hmm. dark and mysterious. And all that's yeah, and you know, good storyline, but without going over the top into graphic horror and stuff like mm. slasher movies or whatever. So he walks that fine line, and mm. yeah, yeah, he walks yeah. a fine line mm. between um, gothic and, and a little bit of creepiness. Yeah. He brings enough creepiness in so mature kids can watch it, you know, teen, young teenage stuff. Yeah. But it's still. Uh, it's got enough meat on it for an adult to watch and enjoy it. So yeah, that's sort of yeah, that that fine line. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. So it's one. I mean, I do enjoy Tim Burton's stuff, and oh, yeah, as good. I said before, he's beyond anyone's. Beyond, he goes beyond when, when, when it comes to animation. When they make Timmy Burton, when they made Timmy Burton, they threw the mold away. Yeah. I didn't have his mold on him. <laughs> All I know <laughs> is Disney failed to understand him. He bit. worked for Disney, did he? He, he worked said. for Disney. Yeah. They tried to put him on the Fox and the Hound at one point, but um, his images of the Fox and the Hound were a, le- a, a little a, more a creepier maybe, and yeah. less um, less kitty and orientated. Yeah, so he, he, he said, "Hey, I got a better idea here. No, we're not going to have vampire foxes and stuff, and you know, all walk not living dead foxes." Yeah, or, he no. kind of it took him yeah. a while to break into getting them to see his side, but. I'm glad he did. I've said, look, even with the Batman one, that was fan. That was we need to take something like a comic, which is fantasy mm-hmm. and fiction, yeah, in a big way, uh, and get, and you transfer it to movie. He captured the comic in film mm-hmm. as a not quite real, but not quite fantasy, somewhere in the middle there, mm-hmm. yeah, exaggerated sets and whatever. It's just something. Creepy about that Batman. What it was it? Batman Returns. Which one was it? It um, was both, Mike. Um, two, the both um, the nineteen eighty nine one and the Batman Returns one. Yeah. They were both his. Yeah, and he did something about it. It just he's got he's a very talented. He's very insightful. Anyway, here we go. Produced by Tim Burton and Alison Abate, Abate mm. maybe. Uh, directed by Tim Burton and Mike Johnson. Mm. I believe Tim Burton actually, in this case didn't actually direct. He told uh, Mike Johnson what he would like and Mike Johnson actually did it while Tim was doing other things, overseeing other parts of the project. Mm. So he was really a director, but um, Mike followed uh, Tim's instructions and delivered. Mm -hmm. Mm, I guess that makes sense. No, well, well, if we're doing all the animation and working with puppets and still stop frame and stuff, you can't be in two places at once. So he, he relied on Mike Johnson to... Uh, do what he wanted him to do. Yeah, interesting yep. thing about this movie is it has some t- some familiar faces or familiar voices, voices I should we'll say. We'll go through them shortly. Who <laughs> have been contracted to Tim Burton for, say, a few years. Well, yeah, the, yeah so, so some people keep rolling around. But anyway, I'm not quite finished okay, yet. Okay, go on. Uh, screenplay was by John August, Caroline Thompson and Pamela P- uh, Petler, based on original characters created by Tim Burton and Carlos... Uh, Rangel. Uh Now, budget, 40 mil. It box office, 118. Now, I don't know what it did in home media, but I reckon it's done a lot more in home media as well. Mm-hmm. So, it made some good money. Now, um, Sarah will go into the story shortly, but I will go into some of the cast. Not everybody. Um, we have the leading voice. <laughs> um, Johnny Depp plays Victor Van Dort. He's a timid little man who's going to be forced into a marriage so his family and another family can marry for whatever reasons. One needs uh, money. I think the other, the bride's family supposedly is rich, but they're poor. 
Mm. They've lost all the money and they want money that Victor's parents may have, but they don't have that much money either. So, yeah, they, mm. but they want social standing. Mm. Anyway, moving right along, Helena Bonham Carter, Caesar Darling. She plays Emily, mm-hmm. the corpse bride. Mm. I won't go into too much, but obviously she's dead. Um, <laughs> Emily Watson plays Victoria Everglot, which is um, Victor's intended bride, a living one. Yeah, betrothed, yeah. if that's right. Betrothed, one. yeah. I won't go through too many other people here, mm. but uh, we've got Tracy Ullman shows up in it, and a couple of different characters doing different voices. And Danny Elfman plays a, a bit of a singing role in this one too. Yeah, he plays, uh, there's a skeleton guy running around singing and stuff, and he's really good. Danny could sing. Uh, yeah, uh, we've got um, Joanna Lumley, uh, Albert Finney, Richard Grant, Christopher Lee plays a really strange priest trying to organise the marriage vows and everything. Mm. We're doing it. We're doing a rehearsal here. Well, are you serious? Yeah, that's sort of thing. Yeah. Good old Christopher Lee. Yeah, um, this is probably yeah. Johnny and Christopher Lee's. Um, they he, they worked together on two other major film projects: Sleepy Hollow and Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. He was. Yeah, he plays dead. Mm. Um, Michael Goff. Well, not really a major role in Sleepy Hollow because that was only just say okay. one scene. Move along. Mm. I'm trying to go for the cast. No, I'm just saying. There's a few people here. Uh, Michael Goff was in it. Um, now, uh, Deep Roy, he's a little guy who played um, Jumpa Loompa in Charlie Charlie Talk Factory. He was in this movie as well, doing the voice of General Bones Apart. Uh, it's a parody of Napoleon. Mm-hmm. He did really good. Uh, Sarah mentioned Danny Elfman playing Bo Jangles. Uh, vivacious, one-eyed, uh, lounge-singing skeleton. <laughs> yeah. um, but what really takes me is a guy called N. Rietel, or Rietel. Uh He plays two characters. I don't know the other one. The main one is the maggot. He's a maggot. He's like a worm. Uh, mm-hmm. And he's a sarcastic little green maggot who lives inside Emily's head. And he does a parody of Peter Lorre. And I like it. But he also reminds me of Jimmy the Cricket in Pinocchio. Yeah. Um, in a creepy way. <laughs> in a creepy way. So, yeah. Uh, that Maybe that was intended. Wasn't mentioned it was anywhere, probably intended. I th- it was a bit like a conscience. I think you should do that. <laughs> yeah, that sort of stuff, yeah. A bit like Jimmy the Cricket would to Pinocchio. So, interesting uh, analogy, yeah. Um, yeah, I think I'll let you take over telling the story now. Yeah, okay, might yeah. as well. So the story begins in a small town, and Victor is um, in his room drawing a butterfly, whom he's drawing, and he lets it free. And this plays a significant role because in both Sleepy Hollow and in this movie, they both let loose um, um, a butterfly, or in, his ca- in oh, Sleepy Hollow's you, case, a bird that. at the oh, open okay. in the opening. Okay. Uh, yeah, playing a bit of a significant role. Don't know what it was, what was going on in Tim Burton's mind, or whoever wrote it, but it was. It's well, written in it's there. It's pretty. Anyway, so our uh, so the now Victor's parents start singing about how he'll be betrothed to a Vic, a nice Victoria late girl, and so that they could have influence and Vic. Victoria will, and her family will have money. But they didn't know neither of them could supply the goods to each other because Victor's parents weren't that rich. And They do uh, have money. They have they some money. They're, don't not, have they're not that rich. But they're just not influenced. Uh, yeah, yeah, and um, Victor's parents wouldn't get too much prestige or influence going through the marriage because the other people were bankrupt and were going out backwards. So, yeah, <laughs> so, so, yeah. so the families meet where they're going to... Um, rehearse the um, wedding, uh, the, the the wedding vows, vows. because in about one or two days' time they're going to get yeah. married. He hasn't met her yet. Yeah. So, but mm. they do have a brief moment to detect while um, Victor is playing on the piano in the Victoria's house, yeah. and they bonded over the fact that she can't play music and she was never given much talent because her parents were only. Um, 
want her to marry well, marry well and, not, and mm. not have a brain or not have any Oh, I don't have ambitions. a brain. I will get married to make some money for the family. And okay. Victor is nervous at first because he's not sure if he wants to marry because he's <clears throat> not, because he's not he sure if he loves her. He hasn't met before. And so they rehearse it and he's nervous. He's, he starts tripping over his lines and after, say, three hours, he's still and, tripping. And the priest says, you're not serious. You're not going to have a marriage. Blah, blah, blah. So he walks out or sort of staggers yeah, out, the, you know, the victim, yeah. and, and he starts to go out to the local woods near the cemetery or yeah. wherever. He practices and, his lines. And he was getting his lines really good, wasn't he? Yeah. And then he takes the ring and puts it on a tree branch that looks like well, a hand. Yeah, and it was. It was, it was the skeleton's hand. Yeah, and somehow it ground. starts coming out to life. So and he pledged his troth and marriage to a, a skeleton. Yeah. Who come, yeah, who come to life. And oh. it starts, he start, we have a chase scene, and he gets to the bridge, and then he thinks that she's gone, but then she reappears and kisses him, and somehow he gets transferred to the world of the um, purgatory. Well, no, I don't know if it's purgatory or the undead or... I think it's purgatory. Uh, Hades. I don't know, it's not hell, but it's just a, a netherworld. Netherworld, that's a good word yeah. for it. Netherworld. I think that's... I think both purgatory and neverworld. I think that's the world between land of the living and land of the dead. So yeah. then, sort of in between, and that's why he's there. And at first, um, he he's scared. Well, they, they just got the land of the dead. Mm. Yeah, that true. meets in heaven, hell, uh, purgatory, mm. limbo, bossa nova, anything else. Anyway, no. Yeah. No. so he meets all the um. Other dead people at a bar, of and they're sorts. pretty nice, and they're pretty nice to and, him. And they're a lot of locals because it's a local cemetery. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Anyway, um, he, doesn't he meet his doggy? Yeah, he does eventually. Uh, at first, scratch. he doesn't feel comfortable with the idea that he's now wed to a corpse. She is pretty. She's pretty. No, don't I get like me wrong. Her. For a dead girl's not bad. And she does give him um, a gift, a wedding gift. Um, her his dog scraps. His dead dog, a box of bones, and he and and he, he comes alive for. Oh. Animated, and it's just like old times. He missed his dog. Oh, yeah, yeah. Anyway, nice he, he then tries to trick um, Emily, I think her yeah, name yeah, is, Emily, yeah. um, into going back up above so he to can meet, meet the family. Meet the family. He was trying to trick her so he can get back to land of the living. Yeah, yeah. Ah. yeah. So they do, and he tells her to stay where she was so she can. Get his family or something, but he tries. Actually, goes to his his betrothal's house, yeah, Victoria's place, yeah, and tell her um, that he wa- he wanted to um, say the vows to her. He was and, just nervous, but now um, he's married to a, to a corpse, and she and didn't quite believe him somehow, did she? Yeah, and then she sees. Emily at the window, and then Emily pull, push, pulls Victor back to the, the under, land, land of the, the ne- Neverland yes. world, mm. and she, and he yells out to Victoria, but and too late, she's just, he's gone back to the land of the dead. And poor Victoria tries to tell everybody what's going on, but no one believes it. Would yeah. you? I and wouldn't. A horrible jerkwad named Lord Barkas, uh, Barkas, Barkas who, yeah. who talks to her parents and wishes to marry her. And they think he's got money. Mm-hmm. He's not. Nah. He, got, he ain't got two cents to put between his two fingers. Yeah, yeah anyway, he wants to marry her and he think, and the family says, I think Victor is a no-show and is unreliable. They decide to... We'll go for the other guy. Yeah. Mm. Anyway, meanwhile, back in the Neverworld, Emily is upset that Victor went to his old betrothal and without, and she feels hurt and stuff like that. And rejected because she was left at the altar, so to speak, uh, before she died. Yeah. She was waiting for her intended, who, well, I won't say what happened, but she died. And then she went down to the, the land of the dead before she could go away yeah. with her intended. And before she died, yeah. or just after she died, she um, hopes that she can be rescued by her true love. Uh, a little bit like Snow White and Sleeping Beauty. <laughs> of and course. All, yeah. Well, yeah, whatever. Of course, there's complications in that theory because now that because Victor is alive. He yes, can't there's sta- a bit of a problem here. Yeah, so they're in the middle of a rock and a hard place, and a big decision that could could 
um, make or break their relationship. Yeah. Now, they had a head skeleton type guy. I, I can't pronounce his name. Uh-huh. Uh, and he's like the wise one. And he tries to find ways to help solve the problems and stuff, doesn't he? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, he, tell and he tells <laughs> um, Emily that the only way to remember, remember this is that he, Victor must die. In order to be reunite with her, yeah, he has to be dead to marry him. Yeah. yeah so, and in order to do this, he has to recite his vows in the land of the living, and and drink poison to die. To die. And as soon as he dies, they can consummate the, mar- consummate the marriage. <laughs> anyway, at first it sounds a bit life threatening, but um, he, he wants to do it. Yeah, and he finds out much. During this scene, that he finds out that Victoria is getting married to someone else, and he, I guess he has no one else other than Emily. And the to land of the dead to. doesn't seem to matter because these people down there aren't too bad, are they? Yeah, very nice folk. He yeah. then says, "Well, let's do this. But let's do it properly. Yes, we're so going to have he, the marriage up in my church upstairs." So ah. he organizes with all the dead guys to arrange and organize themselves so they can all come to the wedding upstairs, ceremony upstairs. The land living. So mm. his um, outfit needs a bit of repairs, but luckily enough, spiders. The spider sewed his clothes up. Yeah, lovely, those mm. silk, silk thread as well. Mm. Mm. And they make an awesome wedding cake to die for. Uh, Seriously, to die a, for. But it was a green one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you wonder. Mm. Well, it wasn't green. It was actually white, but with skeletons around. Oh, yes, I had skulls around. Oh, that was it looked so green, cool. a bit green to me, but it could have been the lighting. It I don't could have been lighting. Yeah. Anyway, meanwhile, while all of this is happening, Victoria and Barkus are getting married, and, of course, Victoria is le- the least happiest of person of ever wanting this. And who could blame her? He's a total Mar- jerk. The guy she thought she loved is married to a dead lady, mm. and the guy she doesn't want is a husband. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I so, can see a problem. Yeah, yeah. during their uh, what do they call that wedding party thing that you have after a wedding, but you oh, wedding breakfast. Yeah, wedding yeah. breakfast. Everyone something. was really happy. Yeah, not. not uh, However, while they're sitting there, like looking at a funeral or not. Well, a, it's appropriate because they're sitting down there and Lord Barkas is talking, and all of a sudden these dead people start yeah. coming into the room, and, and then yeah. all the um. Dead started um, walking around the town, and some of them get freaked out. But then some, that, some of them recognise that they're that's old my dead husband, ones. my dead wife, my father, my mother. Yeah, that sort of stuff. Yeah. and they they were reunited with their friends, the dearly family. departed. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, Lovely. they head to the church with their their old, old friends, and Victoria um, finally tells um, Barkus that guess what? I have no zero money. And you've just married a woman who's just has has no money Me, as you do. Yeah, but he he felt a little bit cheated, but he's still mine. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, she heads to the church and she watches the ceremony in the back row, and and Victoria sees her and and Emily sees her and he she then says does not. It's a, her gesture says that she doesn't want him to. Yeah, Emily kill doesn't want him to die because. She looks at the living bride, Victoria, yeah. and says, "She knows what she's going through," and says, "No, it's, it's not fair to her." Yeah. So yeah. she both then just then Barkus comes in, clapping in a sarcastic manner, in a horrible way. And then and he and he dra- drags Victoria off the altar and holds a sword to her throat. And she's my wife, anyway. Rah, rah, rah. Then, but of course, Victor then, st- Emily. St- yeah, well, then Victor steps forward and says, "Take your hands off her," in the most yeah, um, yeah, assertive way. Assertive way. He, but doesn't Emily then say, "You're"? Oh yeah, she recognises uh, Barkus, and he's the man she was tempted to run off with to get yeah, married to. And he's, he's the one who stole her money and killed her and left her in the woods. Ah. Yeah, this shocks all the dead people in the church. And the dead people that want to do something, but the head dead person says, we can't do anything while he's in the land of the living. So Barkus and Victoria, mm. I mean Victor, fight it out with Swords sword and, and fork. So, yeah, Victor got sort of thrown a fork, a dessert fork or something or other. Uh, no, whatever. Uh, and then the other guy, and uh, Barkus had a sword, and he, he did quite good with a fork. Yeah, yeah he scratched yeah, him. Yeah. Of course, in the end... Um, Barker sort of wins the fight and he picks up this mm. goblet of wine or whatever. And he toasts um, Emily in 
in a nasty way, saying, "Always the bridesmaid, really, never, never the bride." The bride. He, he, he takes a drink, not knowing it was poisoned. Yeah. <laughs> and he and he chokes, and then his face goes a bluish green color. And car. then the head dead guy. He says, says, we can get him now. He's one of us. <laughs> yeah. And they all chased him through to another room there. And we do we don't know what happened to him. New but arrival. we don't believe it was very pleasant. <laughs> anyway, um, now that Victoria is probably now a widow. <laughs> well, I'm also married. I'm free to marry. And, and Emily was released from her curse or her desperation yeah, or whatever. Because course, she's a um, peace. Victor yeah. says he promised to keep his Val promised to marry her Emily, but she says that you kept your promise, and yeah. she allows Victor to marry Victoria. Yeah, nice. And did, I, she, did the dead folks stay there and watch the watch the wedding? No, they actually went into the other room to kill. Oh, yeah, that's um, right, to kill the other guy, Marcus. Marcus. Oh, sorry, yeah. Not kill him, but they probably do Would something. Would be a nice worse. time in there. <laughs> anyway, she turns into the um, church's doorway, and slowly she turn, trans she throws the bouquet that she's been carrying throughout this movie into Victoria and it's so, sort of kind of uh, the flowers kind of came back to life a little bit yeah they came back they were dead flowers hey that's a good name for a Rolling Stone song isn't it dead f- no I, they were dead flowers and they came they bloomed back to a nice bluey colour was blue yeah, yeah, yeah. and Vic- Emily slowly transforms into a bunch of butterflies and flies and off into off the into night the sky. Yeah, I like to think that was she's going off to the get, afterlife get, yeah and to be at peace isn't that nice and now, the end the end fade to black okay now, I, I'm not going to talk too much about too many things here because I could go on for hours and, and, hours, and, hours, and hours and maybe a few more I hours. I can tell you guys, mm. this is based off a Russian no, uh, folktale. A Russian, Russian Jewish. A Russian Jewish, Jewish folktale, folk which um, Tim Burton was told about um, the year when he was starting to, was working on Night not, of the... Night of May Cri- Before Christmas. He was made aware of it. And, oh, that's a good story. We could do something with that. Yeah, but mm. it took him quite, quite a while before he started mounting it, obviously. Well, yeah, but he finally got around to it, and um, they went in there, and they they did it. And now. This, and this <laughs> is the only Warner Brothers stop-motion animation that they ever did. Yeah. Now, for some of you guys who may not know what stop-motion is, do you want to explain it a bit? You're, yeah, you know, it's better. actually... Um, um, using clay figures or, or plastic whatever. figures or whatever or models, figures models, whatever. and taking using a camera and and taking a snapshot each time and, and, and when then, then move it just slightly. a fraction, then do another shot, and then they they put them together like you know twenty five yeah. frames a second. I remember doing that yeah. the yeah. same thing mm-hmm. with a bit with pictures. Obviously, it won't do the same thing with cartoons. They do so many frames, a frame that mm-hmm. next frame, next frame, next frame. Put it together, yeah. so there's a lot of work involved. Didn't you tell yeah. me what the kind of camera they used for this? Oh, uh, yeah, surprisingly, they didn't go high tech. Um, uh, I had it written down it. It was shot using a Canon EOS 1D Mark II. Wow. It's a, just a digital SLR. But they had something like 32 of them. Well, they had all these tables of all the sets made up for all the puppetry and everything, mm. and they just didn't do one thing at the time. They were mm. doing multiple shots and mm. multiple figures doing different things. So they had yeah. about 30-odd cameras mm. uh, in play mm, uh, on the set. Mm, I imagine that, it was very uh, – yeah. um, I can't imagine how many um, images they took when they created this Thousands movie. upon thousands. Because you remember, you, if you're doing – 25 frames per second. Mm-hmm. And if you're doing one scene, imagine that would be like either 100 or more no, than no, 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 500 shots. 25 per second. Mm. 25 per second. One minute. But 25, put a zero on the end of it, it's 250. Mm. Multiply 250 by 6, and that's for one minute. Wow. Mm. That would be a lot. That's a... A lot of sp- <laughs> a lot of frames to capture. I think, and been. and they did it. Um, yeah, but I said they did different teams. Mm. They had different camera teams, different lighting teams, different you know, working different areas uh, at the same time. They weren't doing it just one camera and one crew. They mm. had lots of crews doing it, which made it obviously go faster. Mm. And here's something. All the vocals they weren't done all at the same place at the same time. I see. So Johnny Depp would have been in the studio doing his lines. 
and Helena Bottom Carnival might have been in some other studio on a different day doing her lines and somebody was doing their lines. So they weren't actually in the same area saying, I'll stand at one microphone and you send another microphone in a different booth and we just interact. They just had to read off a script and do the lines trying to get the emotion in there and the timing and everything else, all the correct inflections in their voices mm. and stuff. Uh, and Johnny Depp, uh, he liked the challenge, that sort of mm. stuff. Uh, Johnny Depp loves a lot of these weird roles. I think I, I often think that Johnny Depp's... He likes he looks, weird stuff. His character in mm. this, he yeah. does look... When he's not playing uh, either a pirate or a... Or, a, hand or, a, bar- or a murderous <laughs> barber from, you know, uh, Sweeney Todd, yeah. But he Something likes, like that. He, he but likes his he, weird he, roles. When, yeah. he, when you look at it in this role, he looks exactly like his character from Sleepy Hollow, you know, um, you know, and what yeah. he would probably would not would look like if he was wearing just ordinary clothes or yeah, ordinary someone. stuff. Mm. Like, well, look like them anyway. Oh, here's a total of 32 cameras were used. 32, wow, that's yeah. a lot of cameras. Uh, each camera's outfitted with a grabber system that enabled the animators to capture frames and download them into a computer to assemble the shot reel mm. uh, uh, of the shot being produced to check their work. So I went straight into a computer to actually check it. And, complicated, folks. It yeah. would be complicated. Mm. I mean, um, I I don't know what kind of problem they, they may have... To, what kind of problems they may had when they would had to reshoot them? Uh, here's something. Obviously. You know, how much? The film's images were stored on one gig image card that was capable of holding approximately 100 frames. Ooh. The images were obviously captured like a raw file or a TIFF in very, very, I very large that. data. Ooh, I see yeah, so, yeah, so, so, yeah, you'd have a movie might take... Yeah. Yeah, a couple of terabytes. Yeah, I remember taking a lot of Mm. photos one Mm. time when I used to do behind the scenes for film projects, and usually my camera would get really hot because of the amount of of photos I take. Oh, here's another thing too. Hmm. They did they did not do well. Very very rarely, I think they tried to get away with doing take twos. Everything was one shot, one for one. So they had to get it right. They actually went through the storyboards and whatever and did whatever they had to do and said, right, we're going to commit this. They just did it once. Oh, That's not bad. Mm. Yeah. What if you made a mistake? Well, they yeah, didn't. They, be they planned it before they did the shot. Mm, clever. Because it was too, too much setting up and everything else and time-wise. Yeah. Yeah. Um, mm. Do we have any time to re- check out the reviews? Oh, from I'm, going, other I'm, I'm strolling into that in a moment. Yeah. Got plenty of time. I won't go into the computer techniques and everything else. No, te- I think uh, everyone knows what, what Oh, that no, is. They, they did a lot of stuff there. They, they put emulators through there to bring it back to ordinary camera status mm. and different things, bring it down to 100 ASAs and stuff to try and get the right feel. But actually, I must what, whatever they did during the production and in, in producing the film, digitalizing it, it comes out of the screen like it's almost it's two-dimensional. But it feels like it's three-dimensional when you watch it on a two-dimensional screen. It's really sharp. It's re- it, it, It's got a depth in it. And I go, wow, this is good. Um, mm. Now, um, blah, blah, blah. Oh, just, oh, one thing before I get into the other bits. Johnny Depp was filming Charlie in a Chocolate Factory mm. during the daytime and going to the studio and doing his voice recordings. And <laughs> oh, wow. Uh, he, he, yeah, he, he's a very committed man. Um, well, he must have had. Um, well, at least he didn't have to worry about jumping from studio to studio. Well, it could have been the same studio or different Because parts, um, whatever, both, yeah. well, it was done in the, it both Warner Brothers. I believe think. so. Yeah. So yeah, technically, yeah, Brothers, all, yeah. he all he had to do was probably um, ride one of those weird car, golf, oh, cart golf cart or something or other, and yeah. get to the other studio to just do a five minute voiceover thing. Somewhat, yeah. Anyway, well, not five minutes. It could be just uh, it could did, he get out of his, did he get out of his Willy Wonka clothes before he went, went over to do the voiceovers? Uh, mm. <laughs> I he? don't think it's important. Okay, oh, whatever. Now, mm. I, I will say one thing. Uh, the mu- I don't often talk about the music. I think mm. you mentioned Danny Elfman earlier on. Mm-hmm. Danny Elfman did the music for this. Okay. Uh, John August helped him. Um, now, Danny Elfman, he did... He did Charlie Chocolate Factory. Yes, he's, he did. he's on other shows. Yeah, um, I wouldn't be surprised if he was doing this as well as that at the same time well, too. Well, no, he, he's a very talented man down the old man, and he actually, I think we did Charlie Chocolate Factory. He did the, some of the singing for uh, yeah, uh, d- uh, uh, the yeah. Uh, um, the Pack, uh, d- Deep Pack. 
Yeah. He did. I think he did the singing for it, hmm. and he did some singing in here as well. Yes. Uh, both so, Yangles, the, uh, yes. the bon- yeah, so whatever, both yeah. of them were yeah. quite a very busy set of people. These guys are very committed and talented men. I can't uh, admit, Johnny Depp must have had, he must yeah. have had a hard time balancing both scripts. No, you see, going to do a read through, but the, the problem is that if you don't have everything in front of you, you're not bouncing off the other people. This is talking, talking to a dead room. Hmm. And some somebody might have been reading the other words, you know, the other people's uh, lines for him to get him give him a feel for it, and yeah, so get his mindset into what sort of mood he would be in, whether he'd be scared or frightened or assertive or in love or yeah, that sort of stuff. But anyway, I whatever. He's, he's, a, he's, a, he's a talented man. He knew what to do. Yeah. Must have felt overwhelmed when he was working on oh, no, two films for Tim Burton. Yeah, but he wasn't. He just doing voice over doing audio. Oh well, yeah. it's yeah. it's the cross the um, actors yeah. have to bear to do more than one work. Like I'm a cross bear sometimes. You know what I mean. Oh, like no, a no, lot no, of no, actors, no. Um, they often had to do- keep you know work double time on two film projects. Sometimes yeah. in some now, projects. I'm going to get into the reviews. I'm going to do the reviews differently. Hmm. I've got dozens of reviews here. Oh, good or bad? No choice. I've got dozens of reviews here. Mm. Most of them, if not 80, 90% of them, have been very favourable, medium good to good to excellent. Okay? I'm only going to read you some of the crappy ones. Oh, <laughs> great. But mo- the general consensus is a damn fine movie. Everyone liked it. But a couple of these, and I will say knuckleheads. Um, okay. I won't mention their names, but um, blah, 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 blah. Okay. Said, Corpse Bride turns out to be a ponderous mixture of puppetry and animation that is far too technologically complex and laborious for this hopeless Luddite reviewer. Which means they didn't have a clue what it was about. They didn't actually try to enjoy the movie. They didn't like it. So it must be a bad movie. Hello. I don't know, get that. Now, no, they didn't. They don't like that sort of movie. Couldn't appreciate it, so it's a bad movie. Sorry. No, it's not the attitude of a right reviewer. No, it's not a good reviewer, it's no. Like, it's like saying, it's I, that, I don't like cartoons, the person period. is a troll, hmm. okay? We don't like trolls here. Me Here's either. another one from another... I won't say where this person from. The film does have a fairy tale aspect, but like many of its characters, it's more dead and buried than fully alive. Oh, brother. Hello, moron. Wake you up. actually like animated? Yeah, hello. Um, oh man. It's, oh. Yeah, you want Night of Living Dead? It's like, it's yeah yeah and um. Yeah, Wake think, up. Yeah. Uh, Course Bride suffers from the same problem that has plagued Burton's recent live action films. Oh, live action. Wait a minute, sure. It's more Batman that sort of stuff. That's live action. Other movies oh, are. For all its vulnerable razzle-dazzle, it doesn't engage the heart. Excuse me? Hello? It's good. You're a moron. Okay, I'm sorry. But all these other couple of dozen reports are all glowing and, and praising um, Well, can you give us a praise? Tim? Can you oh. give us a praising one? I would yeah. like to hear one, at least one, I mean, oh, a I good g- review before good we say... I'll, I'll just take the first one in the list, okay? Uh, at least, uh, okay. One, okay. Good one. Um, one of my favorite, my f- couple of favorites here. Rotten Tomatoes. That's uh, I often do a look at them. Rotten Tomatoes reported eighty-four percent approval rating. Oh, cool. The consensus is, as can be expected from a Tim Burton movie, Course Bride is whimsically macabre, visually imaginative, and emotionally bittersweet. At there least, you go. Say nice review. Okay? At least there's one good Metamet- brain out there. Metac- Metacritic. Gay's uh, a review about uh, about eighty three uh, universal acclaim. Um, blah 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 blah. Um, this another one. Here, I, won't, I won't mention names here. Uh, the macabre musical about a young bridegroom who mistakenly weds a girl from beyond the grave, as an endearingly schizoid Frankenstein of a movie by ter- by, uh, by turns relentlessly high spirited. And darkly poignant. What are, I don't know what he's talking about. Anyway, Where'd um, they get but these he, li- words? he liked it. Oh, they they, they swallow the thoros and they think they know everything. Uh, they speak like they're in gibberish. <laughs> no, I, you know, I, it's words you don't use every day. And going, what are they talking about? And I'm not going to sit here. I'm not going to translate it. 
Uh, another one here, uh, a wondrous flight of fancy, a stop-motion animated treat brimming with imagina imagina imaginative uh, characters, evo evocative sets, sly humour, inspired songs, and a genuine whimsy that seldom finds its way into today's movies. Cool. Now, you think about those other people, they didn't appreciate, of course, they're probably young, maybe younger people who like, a different type of movie. I don't know. Or old people. Or who old don't people know who what, don't know what good yeah. fun is. I mean, I don't um, even like the fact that he kept saying these guys don't know Squido yeah, yeah. when it comes to And I'm to just doing these in order. The variety of its cadaverous style. That, that the variety of its cadaverous style is never less than inspired. Never has a human skull's natural grin been redeployed so exhaustively for yucks. Whatever that means. Yeah. Right. Yeah, it was a positive. Yeah. Uh, blah, blah. Someone gave the B rating, which is still good. As an achievement in macabre visual wizardry, Tim Burton's Court's Pride has to be reckoned uh, some sort of marvel. Um, another one here. Blah, blah, blah. Do, 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 do. Okay, this one here. Cinema's reinvigorated fixation with the living dead suggests a way out in the grip of an Impossible longing, or perhaps it's just another movie cycle running its course. Whatever the case, there is something heartening about Mr. Burton's love for bones and rot here. It only, if only because it suggests, despite some recent evidence, that he is not yet ready to abandon his own dark kingdom, whatever that's supposed to mean. Maybe he likes doing dark movies. I don't know, but yet. I don't know. You can't, no, do, you can't ignore no, a man. No, it's a still positive. Four out of five skills. stars. Hmm. Um, another one here. Um, uh, here you go. What makes Court's Bride sing ultimately is its breath of, breath of imagination that demonstrates creating a cluttered, textured and mysteriously beautiful world that we are loathe to leave at the end, which means we don't want to leave the, the land of the dead and that sort of environment through the movie because it was, it was just so endearing. Yeah. Mm. Um, what else? What else? Uh, next one. Um, Ghoulishness and innocence walk hand in hand into Burton's Corpse Pride, a movie that digs into Hollywood's past to resurrect the antique art of stop-motion animation and create a fabulous bauble of a movie. It just goes on like everyone's saying how great it is except for three stupid idiots who've got no idea what a good movie is. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry, guys. It's a good movie. You know, I thought the first the... one you mentioned was a troll. Oh, he just says, um, I, I, it's all, much I don't like it. I don't like it, period. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's just his term it, of saying yeah, yeah. it. I don't like it, so it's crap. No, it's not, you don't like it. That's not a fair review. Yeah, that's like saying, um, you think, um, all Tim Burton's work is crap. Well, that's like saying, oh, I don't like, okay, what's a good one? Um, that's like saying, like, a friend of mine passed away a couple of years ago, okay? He never watched movie franchises. He didn't watch um, Star Wars. He didn't watch uh, Nightmare on Elm Street. He didn't watch any of those sort of franchises. But he didn't walk around saying, oh, they're rubbish, they're crap or anything. He just didn't, didn't see them because he didn't want to get wrapped up in franchises. Hmm. Now, he could turn around and say, oh, they're a bunch of crap, a bunch of crap, rah, 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 rah. But some of these franchises are damn good. Yeah, there's some really but good ones out there. he didn't bag them. He just... We just didn't get into yeah. them. Now, some of these reviewers would turn around and say, oh, these franchises, they're just money-making machines, rah, 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 storylines are thin, yada, yada, yada. And without actually appreciating the fact that they're, uh, they're good storytelling and it's good acting, it's good yeah. film direction. Most of them keep product. saying, yeah, um, yeah. either bringing yeah. up one person in particular and think that person should be the, is the um, reason... Well, not really. It's not just the person. It could be even the script writer or the um, film or the director or anyone, and they just blame them for making for the reason why it's so crumb look, bad. You, look, you're not going to get them. You're not going to get a hundred percent great movie every time somebody makes a movie. But that mm. doesn't mean it's a bad movie. Or even yeah. just the producer's input who just puts yeah. it in, and then yeah. it ruins the story. Yeah, some, something goes wrong for the movie. Yeah, of course, that uh, producer sticks his beak in. Actors suggest something. Uh, the director feels neutered. You know, it's just a, a, 
it, it just happens. I'm only glad that Tim Burton does have a bit of creative control over his. Work. He does, which is great. Um, he, he worked for Disney, and they didn't appreciate him. You said, and yeah. uh, he's he's gone out doing his own stuff, which is great because he's obviously yeah. He wasn't he wasn't appreciated where he was. Of course, mm. when he does encounter a movie that doesn't require too much darkness, like that movie I told you about, guys, about the Big Eye movie that deals with um, a real live artist who had to deal with the pressures of having a husband trying to take on, um, try to make out her work was his work. Oh, that one, the lady did the pictures with the big eyes. On yeah, the kids. of yeah, the yeah, little yeah, kids. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, that was based off a real story. And yeah, yeah. for a long time, she had to live in the shadows of her, her unappreciated husband. Who, and who, who had no artistic talent. Yeah, mm. and even though he's probably still... Um, his family's still praising that he was the artist, but he never picked up a paintbrush. Yeah. yeah funny that. But anyway, look, yeah, anyway, um, yeah. Um, like I was saying before, some, some of these reviewers can't appreciate a good movie because they've got their own personal bias, and they should. A reviewer is biased. It's not a fair review. Yeah, anyone who yeah. just says pretty much um, mm. a short review saying I don't like it, period, is just not um, a right, a good re- enough for a review yeah. for me to look at. And but, I do, and the yeah. ones who uh, sound like a thor- thesaurus is just. Uh, now, I swallowed a thesaurus in the dictionary. I'm going to throw these words in here and say it's really, really good. Did they actually watch, watch the movie the or did they just write it? Off the, they read the synopsis and they wrote a few notes on it. Yeah, anyone who yeah, writes yeah, yeah. that doesn't even make any sense when you write read. Well, the average person like talks in average English. Hmm. Now, I am not university trained. Uh, Neither am I. No, and I say I I have been a working man. I have worked in offices, banking, and finance. I've also been a security guard. I consider myself to be average intelligence to a bit more. I got a high IQ, a hundred and something. I came out. I was a lot, a lot, so I'm not stupid, but. I don't know every word in the dictionary. I don't need to know every word in the dictionary. So why the hell these people throw stupid words in there that most people don't understand? Now, years ago, um, I don't know what happened in America, but over here it did. Someone used the word in university, something like anti-disestablishmentarianism. What's that word mean, Mike? I got no freaking idea, but a lot of people used it. I don't Is think that even a word? Anti against anti disestablishment, taking something down, breaking down the establishment. This anti disestablishment, so they're against tearing down the uh, what we've got. Anti disestablishmentarianism. So they're against people. This anti disestablishment. So they would say, let's keep the old administration ways. Don't break it down. Hmm. But someone brought this word in, and you've got to really think about what's actually saying. It's like supercalifragilisticexpialidocious. We can all say it, but what the hell does it mean? Hmm. Yeah, um, don't use it. Yeah, yeah um, I read yeah. somewhere that Tim Burton, um, speaking of, um, he was offered to do Mary Poppins, but I think he uh, didn't want to. He ended up di- well, he dishing the, if he, the project. If he did Mary Poppins, would be dark. Well, I'm sure it would. It would have. They did. A tra- they even did a trailer for it, and it was very considered dark. And I think that. Um, either him or Disney, they kind of gave it to someone else, and he worked on um, either Dumbo or you know, yeah, Dumbo, the um, the uh, the um, Disney ad- adaption of that. Okay, which one? Was, that, was that redone? Yeah, he, he did the um, um, live action of oh, okay. of it for um, with Dan DeVito oh, and other okay. other actors. Okay, okay. <laughs> I must I must look into that. I don't know if it um, that was around the t- that time because I did hear a rumor going around that Tim Burton was going to do Mary Poppins, but it was actually I think it was passed to someone else. Uh, yeah, it, it would have been a bit dark. If he got on because in on that it. one I'll they did eventually make it, they <laughs> did make the Mary that Mary Poppins a little bit more later like its predecessor with Julia Roberts. Julia, I mean not Julia, Julia Andrews, An- sorry. Julia Andrews. Sorry, I got I got it mixed up. Okay. There's only one Julia Andrews. Yeah, she's so, a very charming lady. I liked to have met her years ago, but yeah, I don't she's still alive, she, Mike. Okay. Well, no, she's getting old. And yeah, that's yeah, yeah. the same I could say for Dick Van Dyke I mentioned a while yeah, back he, too. He's, he's, I, thought, I thought he was dead, but no, um, he's still alive. But no, he looked, I, I saw him on a TV program years ago. He looked really old then, so well, he's yeah. still old. Mm. But anyway, um, see, yes. So, do you want to rate rate our? I am going now? to. 
this is a different again uh, again i try to rate them for what they are in their own in their own categories this is the stop motion i've got nothing to hold it up to yeah and i have to forget so, and no but i'm gonna hold it up to general movie making mm-hmm. as far as general movie making goes and storytelling and direction and camera work and all the other good groovy things that makes a good movie i'm gonna have to give it the 10 I'm going to give it um, 10 too because I like that feeling um, Tim Burton gives in these it, movies. It draws these you in. Animations. It and draws movies. you in. You feel like, even if it's a cartoon, animated, you feel drawn into it. Yeah. There is something about it. It's a good, fun movie. You can sympathise with the people. You know, oh, poor, Victor, poor Victoria. Oh, poor Emily. Yeah, you, you start to get drawn into it. And that's a good storytelling mm. done in a movie. Mm. And that's, I cannot, and. All, all the technical stuff put yeah. aside, which I didn't go into this time, it was too much of it. The technical side was put together. There was some CGI, but not a lot. Mm. Rest was st- stop frame and puppeting and everything else. It just came over so damn good. Mm. Um, uh, you got to take your hat off to guys like Tim Burton, who you know puts the envelope, that's a little bit harder, and try to walk that extra mile to make things happen. So yeah, ten. And look, if you don't like animated that much like it and ain't spongebob square pants it's not a kid's show. it's an adult yeah it's an adult animation i would say a bit more of a teen animation too. okay teen but yeah but or still, at least family related a, a family related it's still an adult can enjoy this mm. i enjoy it i'm self mentioned before i'm 67 years old i think it's a damn fine movie mm. although when yeah, i was little yeah. i i wasn't I was always scared of Nightmare Before, um, Before Christmas because well, he, I was little and when it came out... He wasn't that evil. He was trying and, to take over Christmas. And he, he, he locked up Santa Claus. Yeah. Kids wouldn't like that. No. Yeah. And it did seem a bit creepy. But eventually I did learn to like it eventually when I got into teenhood. So it may have not, I may have not approved of it when I was, say, a little kid, but I, I kind of liked it years later when I was a teen. When you matured, Tad. Yeah, yeah. But no, it's a good family move, and adults can enjoy it as well, if you don't mind animated. Like, you look at Aladdin. Mm. Aladdin was fun. Mm. I also liked um, Beetlejuice oh, when I, I was little, great. too. Yeah. Uh, I used to like Beetlejuice when I was a little kid, Actually, too. We should review that, shouldn't we? Yeah, hopefully very soon. That was yeah, one of his yeah. first, um, one of many first ones he did, I think. Yeah, Michael Keaton, yeah. I love that. That's a fun movie. Yeah, another one. And, you know, I'd like to see what the, uh, the uh, reviews were on that. <laughs> I like to see them too. Mm. Anyway, we're going to go. Yeah, so. Uh, before, um, we, before we start talking about other things as we normally do. Yeah, as you guys are well aware, we do like Tim Burns' filming style in this movie. But, he, he, but he's not stuck in one genre. He's, not, well, he, he's stuck in a sort of style. He's like, he gets something good yeah. and, he, and he, he gives the Burton treatment, which yeah, is great. Well, that's the interesting thing, but he'll Mike. He'll do animated, he, he'll do. He does it his own style. Yeah. He doesn't do. Yeah. Um, other filmmakers don't tell him, um, guess yeah. what? We want you yeah. to do this, this style over See, here. That, that one about the eye thing. Yeah. That, was a bit that wasn't dark. That was a damn good drama. Yeah, but he still maintained some artistic talent no, there. No, yeah, yeah, but it wasn't dark. He didn't go into darkness for it. He just does good, solid drama. Mm-hmm. And then he does something like Batman. He, he, weird, strange, ethereal, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. A bit of darkness in it. And these things are dark. He doesn't always go dark. He can handle animated. He can do real. He can do, what, he's, he's a talent. I mean, you've got to take your hat off to him. If I had a hat, I'd take it off. Um, oh man, you sound like that song from Adam's Family. I take my hat off to you, but I've got a hat. Mm. Oh yeah, I know. Yeah, I yeah, take yeah, my hat to you, yeah. but da, I haven't da, got a hat. I took my hat to you, but I haven't got a hat. Yeah, it's a great song. But that's next time, guys. We might do. Also, guys, there might be. I heard on the grapevine that Tim Burton may be making a TV series soon called. Wednesday Adams. Um, I don't know much about what's going down on that one. We will have to watch and see. I think it, he might be just creating it and letting directors to write Actually, numerous been, episodes. It, it, was out a, of it. it wasn't a YouTube thing, the Adult Wednesday Adams that you were watching yeah, on stage. Yeah, it was on a web series. Yeah, that it was, wasn't or too a mini bad, was web it? series. It was pretty awesome. She was rather cool, I guess, whoever, whoever it was. Yeah. Yeah, I wish she could make more because yeah. I thought it was pretty cool and I would love to watch more of that. I've always loved Wednesday Adams, the character. And I always wanted to know yeah. what she'd be like as she grows up. But my favourite one's got to be Christina Ricci playing it. <laughs> Somehow or other, there's something about Christina Ricci's personality coming mm. out as Wednesday Adams. You're going, 
She has nailed Wednesday Adams. Mm. So, I think yeah, a lot of people yeah. like Wednesday, and that's why the directors in the newer animations and new TV shows mm. and or and new and directors they probably want to explore her character. Like, um, I don't think people too much care about Morticia and Gomez too much. Well, Morticia or, and Gomez have been done to death. Yeah. They, they were done the TV the TV series of um, yeah. John Aston and uh, Carol. Yeah, and, and well, not yeah, too whatever. many people care less yeah. about Pugsley. They well, just Pug- want Pugsley, Pugsley. To me, was cannon fodder. He was just an extra kid. Yeah, um, it's yeah. just Wednesdays. Um, Wednesday she's, was, yeah. she her character is interesting to work with. Like yeah. she sometimes can. Ch- her character gets tested in different directions. Well, like she wants t- to. In the TV series, she's a cute little girl who's just morbid. Yeah. And then when she got into the Adams family movie, Adams family, Adams family values. In the TV she, series, she was becoming a little bit more um, developed in her personality yeah, and, her and role. And yeah. in the new TV series yeah. that came many years later, where mm. it makes out that she wants to torture her brother, and her brother welcomes the punishment, like oh, like any sibling, uh, because he's the youngest sibling, and he doesn't mind it too much. Yes, yeah, strange I family. think that, that's... Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's quite a shift in the development in the story, but, but, but I like... But she, she was the main focus on the kids, and mm. uh, and obviously the mum and dad's been done to, to death. Yeah. So, But she's the... Next generation Adams. As I anyway, I think a lot of people like to get when she starts changing and developing. Like she thinks she's not like her family. She just and she wants to be something else or some or worse. Well, no, something. <laughs> I think she wants to be something other than the family. She feels like an outcast amongst the family. She like she wants to see more of the world while the family wants to remain in their chateau. Or, or the house, ha- house. The, mausole- the mausoleum, or whatever, whatever. Yeah. Anyway, it doesn't matter. I'll, right. uh, I'll, I'll, oh, by the way, I'll finish. Um, eBay, that. Amazon, bucket loads of movies available. Uh, you can rent it through Amazon as well. Um, but yeah, plenty around. Popular movies still. Mm. Um, Blu-ray, uh, ordinary DVD. Mm. I think. Uh, yeah, there's, there's lots of them. Yeah, yeah. so mm, yeah. Um, that's about it for us tonight, guys. Um, feel free to watch it and be oh, sh- and let us know in the comments how it, you guys like it. Fun, if you want a good fun movie, yeah, it's a good fun movie. It, and yeah. it's, it's a little bit of singing in it, but it's appropriate to it. A bit like Willy Wonka and, and uh, Giant Trotter Factory. There's a little bit of singing, but it actually it's relevant. Hmm. Yeah, anyway, yeah, yeah. so that's about it for us tonight. So this is Sarah Stevenson. And Marl. Saying we'll see you guys for our next podcast. Bye for now. Bye, guys.